You are listening to a sermon podcast from Urban Village Church Edgewater, where all are welcome. Hi, my name is Anna. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Today's scripture comes from the Song of Songs. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant, fragrant. Your name is perfume poured out. Therefore, the maidens love you. Draw me after you. Let us make haste. The king has brought me into his chambers. We will exult and rejoice in you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. I am black and beautiful, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of cedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not gaze at me because I am dark, because the sun has gazed on me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. Tell me, you whom my soul loves, where, where you pasture your flock, where you make it lie down at noon. For why should I be like one who is veiled beside the flocks of your companions? If you do not know, O fairest among women, follow the tracks of the flock and pasture your kids beside the shepherd's tents. The word of God for the people of God. God is good. All the time. All the time. We are also good. good. Awesome. Morning. My name is Chan Choi. I'm serving Urban Village Church, uh, Edgewater. Um, my pronoun is he, him, his. And welcome all of you in the name of Jesus Christ, who is love, who is peace, who is joy. Let me begin my message with a short clip that I found from our pastor Emily's uh, Facebook. So let us watch it. So the title of this short clip is The Most Searched, A Celebration of Black History Makers. Over 24 million people watched it, and we can add 70 more people this morning. <laughs> so how many of you recognize the, the icons who have made a history and the moment that inspires us from this short clip? As a person who doesn't have much experience and knowledge about this culture, you might remember that I shared my experience about tipping. I have seen and remembered all the heritage and legacy, what they have made for this country, 
for this word. This short clip allowed me to think about the meaning of honoring the Black History Month. And then yesterday, February 1st, I found this Google Doodle from the main page of my Chrome browser. Can you show us that picture? All right, I'll, I'll describe it a little bit. <laughs> okay, you got it. Frankly speaking, I couldn't get it what it is and what it's about. I thought it's a steak and shake, which is my favorite restaurant, but <laughs> never mind. And when I clicked the image, it brought me to the search result of Greensboro sit-ins. Do you know what Greensboro sit-ins were? All right, most of you. Six years ago, four African-American college students sat down at the, the whites-only Woolworths lunch counter in Greensboro, North Carolina. There was no welcome and service, and they were requested to leave. And the next day, they came back and waited all over again. After three days of this, their nonviolent protest, over 300 students joined them, and similar demonstrations had happened in the restaurants and other segregated spaces. And it is respected and valued as a turning point in the civil rights movement. So here is a command from uh, Karen Collins, who created this diorama of Greensboro 4. She said, Today the doodle diorama not only pays homage to the sit-ins, but also to everything that came as a result. Changes, changes in our country to make it more possible for all Americans, no matter their race, color, or creed, to lead to their full potential. Let me repeat that part again. Changes in our country to make it more possible for all Americans, no matter their race, color, or creed, to lead to their full potential. Am I the only one who recalled our core values of bold, inclusive, and relevant from her message? I feel like it's all, more about that. And from today, we are starting the new sermon series, Making a Way, God's Imagination and Black Creativity. While we are thinking about God's creativity in art, love, protest, and worship from the Bible, we can also honor and celebrate people's life who were fully embracing it through their lives. So are you ready to be a part of this co-creative work with God the Creator? Are you ready? Yes. This is all about our sermon series. It might be a way to leave to our full potential as who we are. So as you notice, we have a preaching rotation, which means I'm preaching here at, uh, at Water today, and Pastor Emily will be uh, here next Sunday. Then I'll be back with another fresh message on February 16th, and our Pastor Hannah will be here on last Sunday of the month. How do you feel about it? Good. Good? Right. It's a little confusing, but it'll be a great opportunity to listen to the different voices at the church. So please share your own feeling and thoughts about this change at the church or through email. So under this new step structure, whenever we start the new sermon series, 
we discuss about the theme that we are going to prepare and preach. As I mentioned above, there are four different themes with this new sermon series of making a way, art, love, a protest, and worship. And can you guess what the theme of today's message? Protest? Love? Come on, we just read the song of songs. It's all about love. So it's pretty clear and easy to catch it from the very beginning of today's passage. So let's read the uh, opening of today's passage together. Then you can get it why it's all about love. Let's read together. One, two, three. Now you can see it. I'm going to preach about love. <laughs> what a radical and beautiful opening it is. Some of you may wonder, it is a true passage in the Bible or not? <laughs> yes, it is real passage in the Bible. We just read the message version that will give us more room to enjoy the beauty of this book. This book has many titles like Song of Songs, Song of Solomon, and love song and holiest of holies. As a collection of poetic songs, there are different ways to read this book. One way would be reading this book as an allegory describing the love relationship between God and God's people. So the only Jewish rabbis taught to read this book by picturing God's love for Israel. And the only Christians just replaced Israel with the church. So there are many places that describe a close relationship with God based on love, relationship, and marriage. This way of reading would be making sense. So what do you think? Is it, is it pretty okay, right? Read it based on the relationship with God and God's people. For me, it's not the 100%. So you know what? One of the interesting standouts of this book is that nowhere in its eight chapters is God mentioned. You couldn't find that word from all of eight chapters of this book. Even there is no mention about Israel's sacred traditions or God's saving acts in Israel's uh, history. Here is another way to read it. We can read it as a literal, powerful description of love that we can find from our daily life. What do you think? If we read this book... As a love relationship with God, we may hear these messages. Christ's love is better than wine because it doesn't cost anything. It will never turn sore. It doesn't produce no ill effect. Like wine, the love of Christ has healing properties. Like wine, the love of Christ is a symbol of joy. Actually, I borrowed this message from Charles Spurgeon, and who is a one of great preacher. Thank you, Charles. This method is still valuable and precious because it encourages us to think about the meaning of Christ's love through a familiar image of wine. However, if we read today's passage by focusing on the voice of speaker, a woman who deeply loves her lover and expresses her desire of love freely, we can pay attention to the value of the love through the Song of Songs. So that's my invitation to you to read today's passage as about the love itself. 
Let us read verse 4 where we can find the power of love and the creative energy of love. But when you read it, please be active and passionate and try to share your energy and power of love. Just shout it out and claim your love. And let's read together. One, two, three. Why not? Do you feel her energy and passion from this passage? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Sissy. I can see your passion and energy too. And do you hear her voice of joy and excitement that comes from the element? Let me paraphrase it. From the hope of a new journey with her lover? This woman is different than other images of Hebrew women in the Bible who are described as passive, reserved, and submissive. This woman is special because she boldly longing for intimacy with a special lover and does not hesitate to pursue her lover. What makes this woman different and special? It's all about love. This love encouraged her to break down the culture and contextual prejudice and images of a woman and make a new way. And it is continued to her bold act of self-authorization and description, I am black and beautiful. This is the only description about this woman, I am black and beautiful. This is not just about her complexion, but it is more about her social status and condition. She would have been disregarded by the woman of Jerusalem due to her darkened skin, which is a result of labor in the sun. She also would have been forced to work outdoor, not for her own vineyard, but for her mother's son's vineyard. While she is facing the angry glare of others and abusive familiar context, she declared that I am black and beautiful. This self-declaration reminds her energy and passion, what we found from verse 4. So it allows me to imagine her bold and strong voice toward the word that had been ignoring her. I'm no longer to work for others' vineyard. From now, from today, I will work for my own vineyard to bear the fruit of my lover and my people. And I am black and beautiful. Could you show us the next picture? Here's a short quiz. Do you know who they are? All right. Let's start from the most famous name. <laughs> All right. How about this guy? I can hear two, three person only speak and answer the question who this person is. His name is Vired Rustin. Have you heard about his name? I haven't heard this, his name before. When I searched his name, one of the descriptions about him was the gay civil rights activist nearly erased from history. That's the reason why you've never heard his name. 
Of course, there are so many shiny and glittering descriptions about this, this person, like a master strategist and stylist activist who successfully organized the 1963 March on Washington. He's the one who organized that historical march. But we don't remember his name. He was silenced, threatened, arrested, beaten, imprisoned, and fired from important leadership position because he was black, because he was an openly gay man. In spite of angry glare of others, even his side, he didn't forget the core value of his nonviolent movement, love. Whenever he was threatened, bitten, and oppressed, he would shout it out, I am black and beautiful. He started caring of his own vineyards and bearing a fruit of freedom for his people and whom he loved so much. Next pictures. This is a picture of Wired and, and his partner, Walter Nagel. As Walter describes, there were great differences on the surface. There was an age difference. There was, an, was a, a race difference. However, they shared a deep bond and deep love for each other. So, as a creative resistance to opposition to his love, Fayard adopted his partner, Walter, to protect his rights because the legal protection of same-sex marriage was not offered at the time. It was a way to take care of his own vineyard and to be himself in a world that resisted who God made him to be. On June 26, 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court declared that same-sex marriage is legal in all 50 states. It was a fruit devoured, planted, and took care of through his whole life in love. We may need to repeat the same self-assertion, I am black and beautiful, whenever we are facing the angry glare from others and threatens of our own identity. Then please do not give up fighting against it and find the love that reminds the beauty of our original self. Then it might give you to start carrying your own vineyard for the fruit. Next picture, please. This is a picture of jumping the broom that was taken on June 26, 2015. How many of you are familiar with this costume, jumping the brooms? Okay, let me explain a little bit about it. That's a tradition that some African-American couples choose to incorporate it in their wedding. And it is literally hopping over a broomstick while holding hands. You're just jumping together and jump over the broom. According to the research, it is rooted in West African custom, like waving a broom over the couple symbolize the sweeping away of evil spirit. It's a the kind of custom from that uh, traditions. This custom was adopted in the United States as the only symbol of African slave couples union. 
because marriage was an illegal and extremely dangerous act for them. So that's how they started and adopted this tradition of jumping the group. So people would pretend like they were hosting a regular party and they used this jumping the broom to signify their union and commitment. And now they, it is a ceremony to remember their history, culture, and identity. They said, we jumped the broom because it was an outward expression of our own history of marriage. We did it because it is a part of who we are. So jumping the broom for us is saying our love is real and everlasting. Just like the love of those people who sometimes died because they simply loved. I don't know how many African-American slave couples had to jump the broom under the slavery. It would be thousands and it could be millions. However, I know that we are able to jump the broom today with joy and gratitude because of their tireless and bold act of love. I can hear their voice, I am black and beautiful. I am black and beautiful. We can replace the word of black into any kinds of description that has been ignored and threatened. I am, I'm Asian and beautiful. then please remember that you are very beautiful because you are loved and you are loving. This power of love has been found and witnessed through the life of Viard and the others who have experienced God's endless love and love of creativity. So let us shout out, I am black and beautiful. I'm brown, I'm beautiful. I'm white. I'm beautiful. And that's all about the creativity of God we can find from God's love. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are thankful for having an opportunity of seeing the power of love. This love allows us to see our true self, which is beautiful. And this love encourages us to fight against injustice, inequality, and hatred. As we leave out as your beloved children in this world, where it ignores our own self and says, you are not good enough and worthy enough. Help us to be our own best lovers so that we can declare that we are beautiful as we are and find the joy and happiness in us because of this love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.